Welcome to the fifth Sunday of Resurrection, a season when we reflect on God's victory over earthly powers. A season when we remember the day that Jesus rose from the grave and conquered death. We worship the God who has the power to raise us way above and beyond the limits of our bodies and this physical world. But when I sat down with our text for this Sunday, my mind was taken unexpectedly in the opposite direction. I found myself thinking less about the wonder of rising above this physical realm and thinking more about the wonder of God joining us right where we are. I found myself pondering the miracle of incarnation, the enfleshment of God, more than the miracle of resurrection. I was connecting to the story of Christmas even more than the story of Easter. Of course, both of those stories, both of those realities are central to our faith. Incarnation and resurrection are connected to each other. Either one would lose its meaning without the other. Revelation 21 causes me to reflect on both, for sure, but more so the incarnation, strangely enough. The wild images in the book of Revelation usually take our minds to other worlds. Almost all the word pictures painted by John the Revelator are otherworldly. Dragons and angels, multi-headed beasts, flying creatures with eyes all over their body, a lake of fire, streets of gold, horsemen with swords coming out of their mouths. But the picture painted in Revelation 21 shows kind of another side of the story. The picture is, as a matter of fact, quite down to earth. In John's vision, at the end of time, when there was a new heaven and a new earth, and the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, John saw the holy city coming down out of heaven. And John heard a loud voice, according to verse 3, saying some profoundly comforting words. See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them, and he will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And it continues with the good news that death will be no more, that mourning and crying and pain will be gone forever. I think our default way of picturing this place this place where there will be no more crying and pain and death and where God is with us all the time is that it's a place way out in the cosmos somewhere, a place beyond our ability to imagine, an otherworldly dream-like place where all is peace, a place where I will go to. Some glad morning when this life is over I'll fly away to a home on God 
my celestial shore. But that's not the vision that John saw. John saw this place of wonder and beauty coming down out of heaven. Think about that. Out of heaven and right to where we are. In Revelation 21, God is one who longs to live with us humans. With us in our very physical, human existence. God deeply desires to be among us right where we are, to come to us and to make us God's people. It is here, among us, that God will finally conquer death. It is here, among us, that one day death will be no more. That mourning and crying and pain and disease will be no more. Revelation 21 is more than just a picture of the age to come. Thanks to the resurrection, it's a reality already being born amongst us. It's not a picture of something entirely new and unexpected that will someday break in upon us. There is continuity between the first earth and heaven and the new ones to come. So our lives here really matter. In verse five, the one seated on the throne said, see, I am making all things new. Remember, God did not say, See, I am making all new things. There is continuity between our lives here and the age to come. And this shows us the nature of God's love. God's love is a love that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. It's eternal, past, present, and future. The eternal Love of God is all about a deep desire to be with us. It's an embodied love, most fully realized in Jesus of Nazareth. And that's still what God's love is all about. It's a down-to-earth love. It's a love that longs to be with us right in the muck and mess of our lives. God longs to be close to us. And that will also be the nature of God's love in the age to come. When the new kingdom of heaven comes down to us and saves, restores, recreates, and renews everything. Because God loves to dwell with human beings. Always has, always will. God does whatever it takes to come to us and to be among us. That's what we see in this wonderfully comforting picture of the end of time. One day at last, God's down-to-earth love and down-to-earth kingdom will be fulfilled in such a complete way that literally death will be no more. That mourning and crying and loss and disease and pain 
will be no more. But we are all painfully aware that we live in the meantime. We live in a place where there is death, there is crying, there is pain and brokenness and disease and alienation and sin. And there are all kinds of reminders every day that we are not there yet. But the profound truth that we encounter in Revelation 21 is that God longs to dwell with us, to be with us right where we are. We are loved deeply by the God of the universe who chose to embody that love in the flesh of Jesus of Nazareth to show us the way. Jesus made God's love visible, tangible. So our first calling is to ground ourselves in that love, that visible and particular and embodied love. And when we're grounded in that love, we are then in a position to embody that love with each other. Jesus gave his disciples a new commandment in John chapter 13. It wasn't just a commandment to love. That commandment had been around since the time of Moses. It was codified in the law. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor. They grew up reciting those commandments. The new commandment was that their love would take on a particular shape, that it would be embodied in a particular way, the way of Jesus. Jesus says to them, as I have loved you, you also should love one another. Embodied love must look like Jesus. Let us see who Jesus loved and how he loved them. Let us learn the story and really embody the story in the way that we live. Let us immerse ourselves in the continuing story of Jesus who because of the resurrection is still with us, still lives amongst us, is still very close to us, is in us and is all around us.